Mary and Joseph's visit to the temple is planned. It's a required ritual of their faith. But what happens must have taken them by surprise. It's a bit like showing somebody a photo of your new baby and have them hand it back to you with a photo of the adult-to-be. The first unexpected thing is Simeon himself. If you've seen a stained glass window of this, and there is one in St. Thomas's Finsbury Park, not very far away, he's dressed as a priest, and he very often is. But I don't think he is. Luke is very precise about this sort of thing. Right at the beginning of his gospel, he said, lots of people have written down the things that have been fulfilled among us from eyewitness records, accounts, and after investigating it all carefully, I'm going to set it out in order. And here, at this great story of the presentation, which we've already heard twice in very interesting ways, we're still at chapter two, and lots has happened. The announcement of the birth, Gabriel, the birth story. Before that, the announcement of John the Baptist's birth to his father, Zachariah. Now, it's interesting to notice, compared with Simeon, how Zachariah is introduced. Zachariah was a priest belonging to the priestly order of Abijah. Once when he was serving and his section was on duty, he was chosen by Lot to offer the incense. So he's not just a priest. He's in an order and he's on a rota. And then here comes Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem, Simeon. He was righteous and devout, looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple just when the parents brought the child. He's devout. He prays. He's on the lookout to see the Spirit moving. And I don't think it's his usual day for going to the temple. He has had an intimation, something. The spirit turned his feet that way. For a long time, he's accepted a promise that he lived to see the Messiah, and he's chosen to keep on believing it. He's a hope carrier. And thinking about that reminds me of another connection with the Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. Elizabeth says to Mary... You know, Mary went to stay with them, doesn't she, when she's, after the angel has given her the big news and departed from her, and Joseph has not yet come through for her, she goes to stay with them up in the mountain. Elizabeth understood how risky Mary's situation was, and when she saw her, she cried out, blessed is she who believed that what was promised would be fulfilled. Blessed is she who believed that what was promised would be fulfilled. The hope carrier. Not just a person who has had an experience of blessing and promise, but a person who has held that hope the promise gives so that it can go on shaping their behavior in the face of disappointment. How can that work? How did Mary and Simeon both do it? I think not just by storing it as a good moment and holding on to it as if it were a proof or a magic. They must have reflected on it and related their judgment, their experience, the wisdom, carrying the wisdom their ancestors gave them, together with that experience of blessing so that it had the strength to stay with them. It was 
part of who they were and how they made their choices. Hope carriers know about the determining forces in our world and won't let them have the last word. So there's Simeon in the temple, and there they are carrying the baby, the basket with the two dolls, and no doubt the bag of nappies and everything else. Why should they stand out? They're not well off. If they were, their gift would have been a lamb or a kid. Simeon zooms in on him. The child is in his arms. His first word is to God. I can go now. I don't mind if I die now because I've seen holding this baby what you've prepared for us, for all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Then he turns to Mary. This child is destined for the falling and rising of many. He will be a sign that will be opposed so the thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Well, there's something paradoxical, isn't there, in this story? Because Simeon sees fulfillment, and so does Anna, fulfillment of the promise they've trusted in. That he would, she would see the one who was to bring consolation, consolation, tidings of comfort and joy, but he also sees that for the child and for the mother, hard times are coming. A sword will pierce your own soul too. The feelings are curiously mixed. I think there's a clue to how to respond to this in Simeon's first word to Mary. This child is destined for the falling and rising of many. It's usually the rise and fall, isn't it? Rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Rise and fall of the Third Reich. Jesus falls. Condemned, scorned, he dies. For most of the people in Jerusalem, that's the end of him. And for a time, it is for the disciples too, as they scatter in fear. We can think of the two disciples who we meet when they've left Jerusalem after the crucifixion. They're walking back to their village. Emmaus, with their hearts in the pits of their stomachs. Someone they don't recognize walks with them and asks them, what's the matter? Don't you know what's been going on? Don't you know what happened to Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet mighty in word and deed? We thought he was the one. We thought he was the one who was going to change the bad old world for good. Desolation. Simeon was waiting to recognize the child Jesus. Jesus was walking with the disciples, waiting for them to recognize him, which they do when he comes into their house and he breaks bread for them. My Angelou, how she sings of the falling and rising. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust I'll rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slain. I rise, I rise, I rise.
Nothing takes away the wonder of Simeon's recognition of Christ. It's joy for him and for Anna. But Simeon is also preparing Mary. Jesus isn't going to be the perfect hope-for son who will do well and give her grandchildren and be a constant rock for the family. The day will come when he seems to be cutting himself off from them. Later she will follow on the dangerous road to be in Jerusalem when he dies. And she's still there with the disciples waiting for the gift of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Jesus is a sign that will be opposed. It's a sign of the way, this is about Jesus who's such a challenge, isn't it? Um, Old version, a sign of contradiction, says the authorized version. You know, that's... I remember when I encountered this story, something my mother said on the day John Lennon was shot. If you stand out, people will will want to cut you down. There's something of that in this. The encounter with Jesus will make people judge themselves and they won't like what they see. He makes us judge ourselves. In front of him, the thoughts of many will be revealed. And it's uncomfortable, only that we can also catch the love in his eyes. The extraordinary acceptance he has of all who turn to him, without questioning them about this, that, and the other, about their lives. And the trust that he has, often it seems against the odds, in the disciples he calls friends. The trust he has in the future disciples, the the trust that's placed in us. They and we will fall and we will rise. Simeon is a hope bringer. He says, the good news wins, but be prepared. Keep hoping for what you can't see coming, the grain of gospel hope that falls into the ground and dies and is a source of new life. Blessed are the he and the she who believed that what was promised would be fulfilled. I tried to think about what being a hope bringer looks like now. It doesn't mean being able to see how the situation can be sorted out and everyone will feel better. Maybe ultimately all will be well, but you can't really see that because that's the time when the hope bringer is most needed. So maybe Shahi comes in, looks around, sees the dustbin in a really bad state, takes it out, empties it, cleans it, puts in a new bag. Well, it wasn't much, was it? But the point is, it was worthwhile to do something. It's still worthwhile to do something. Or it's the person who says, though I don't understand and I don't know how you'll get through this, but I believe in you. Maybe you remember somebody who did that for you when you were in a hard place. We pray then today that the hope bringer is somehow alongside Nadim's family. And we pray for the hope bringers to come into this place where youngsters carry knives. We pray to the one who is the light, not just for some people, but for everyone. 